Hey, I'm Dominic Saint-Pierre, and you're listening to Go Podcast. Today we'll tell the story about how Go's concurrency save my .NET performance problem. Hello, Gophers, episode 13. Let's start with a quick news about Go 1.20. There's something that uh, caught my attention. Regarding the errors, there will be a way to join error and unwrap a, a slice of error. Um, so basically, there will be a new join function in the errors package. And um, that that would give a, a way to uh, to unwrap multiple error at the same time. So, uh, you know, very, very interesting addition. Uh, sometimes it's... Uh, it gets it you know it gets complicated when you have multiple uh, level of uh, of error and now the unwrap would uh, would extract each error one by one so i th- i think it, it will be nice so it will be coming in 1.20 so check it out if you haven't seen it i will have uh, some link in the show notes by the way uh, other than that, I mean, uh, things are going well, and uh, I wanted to talk a little bit today about, uh, yeah, a little bit about concurrency, because my last episode was kind of saying that it's not the selling point of Go. Well, it, it is not, but it, it's still very important, and uh, it was funny uh, that I, I was kind of saved by uh, by go uh, goes concurrency in the last uh, in the last couple of weeks so i will uh, i will tell this story today uh, about that so this story start with me having to generate a lots of let's let's call this a a magic number for Lots of entity. I, I cannot go into too much detail about what it is exactly. Suffice to say that there's a process. I'm doing consulting, and we are we are in .NET world. Uh, for some reason, I I still do a some you know some consulting with with old client of mine in uh, in .NET, but that's not the point. So imagine that there is something in .NET that you know take take an input and does a lots of sql queries and a lots of you know small algorithm and things like that to calculate something at the end which is a score and um so it takes about i would say around five seven to you know let's say seven to 15 second per entity to calculate. So I needed to calculate that for around 300 and uh, you know 300,000 uh, entity. So that doing that uh, synchronously one by one was out of the question. And I I tried to do that with the uh, with the .net uh, you know for e- parallel dot for each but it was it was painfully slow so I, w- I was starting to be uh, a little bit afraid that the database would not be able to uh, to sustain the load and things like that so and uh, at some point I decided well go would be would be a, a nice candidate to to spread the load 
with its uh, its concurrency, at least I, I I would have more control over what's going on concurrently versus the f the parallel dot for each of .net, which I I'm not even sure what it was doing. What was it even doing anything in parallel, or it's certainly not concurrently. That, you know, uh, it's not the same thing at all. So I, I decided to start and investigate. Well, how would go help in that in that situation? How could I call a you know a C sharp a .NET function from Go? So I decided to extract this functionality in in a, in a very very quick and dirty web uh, web API call. So I I said, well, Go would would be fine you know calling multiple HTTP requests concurrently and I would at least have a way to start calculating you know what what would be the threshold of that and at least I would I would know what's going on because I would be the one building this con this concurrent code or way to uh, to call those those requests so if, you know if, if it's the if it's the database that is, is the the bottleneck, I, I wouldn't know exactly, and I, I could I could adjust how many how many you know concurrent job or worker I have. So, so that was the start of my solution with Go, and it it, it was just after releasing this the, in this last episode where I was saying, well, you know, concurrency is not is not the selling point of Go, and and I, I I'm myself uh, going to use it to uh, to solve my problem. I forgot to mention that it's not—it's not only three hundred thousand. It's three hundred thousand times twenty-four because it need—it needs to generate that number for the last twenty-four months for each entity. So that was like roughly around you know you know somewhere six million uh, things. So six million times uh, five second was was like five days of of running you know of of runtime. <laughs> it was it was not at all acceptable. So what I did is I I started to look well you know which of the of the concurrent pattern would would fit the pill and I I think I you know I've already s s sold a little bit it was it was it was the worker pattern the the work queue where I knew that I don't I don't I don't need this response at all I ju I just need go to dispatch a lots of concurrent web requests and they don't they don't even need to to do something you know the i i don't need to do anything with the response there's no response at all there's only a 200 http okay if everything is fine and that that that's all i'm going to track so i said that seems pretty easy you know implementing the the the, the work queue pa pattern uh, can for the concurrency is, is extremely easy so that I started with doing a you know I created a, a struct where I have a, a queue channel in there and this channel is uh, you know is of type int because my entity are represented by int so that that is basically an ID on the database so that's all I needed to do so from there well I needed a way to create uh, multiple Go routine that will that will take the next int from this queue channel 
whenever they are done doing the previous one. So I created a simple function that, that basically loop over a maximum worker. This is, this is a constant that I decided to, uh, to create because I, I did not really knew exactly what was the number. So I said, well, okay, let's, let's have a constant there because it will, uh, it will be easier to, uh, to fine tune. So I have a, a for loop that loop over how many, uh, how many concurrent worker I want. And, and inside that there, there's just a go routine that will, that will do a for and, and grab the next, the next item in the queue channel. It's very, very easy. And, and, and inside, inside this, uh, you know, when, when there is a value in the channel, well, I'm just going to call a function, which is like you might imagine, just at the end of the day, calling an HTTP request with this ID. That's it. I mean, pretty, cra pretty crazy. The amount of, uh, of code uh, I needed to write it was, it was very, very tiny, uh, you know, less than, uh, I don't know, l less than 100 line of codes. Uh, and probably less than than eighty. I, I don't I don't remember. That's not that's not uh, very in, uh, important for now. So I have this function, and this is basically the core of the of the worker queue concurrent pattern. Basically, it's just it's just a loop that will loop the you know the amount of of worker you want, and and inside there you have a go routine that just wait for the next item in a channel i i i created another uh, another function to add uh, you know to add this uh add some int into that channel right so that's basically what it is going to do so we have we have a we have a function that that accept an int and just uh write that to the channel so one of our worker will be able to to grab it at some point and from there you know it's just a matter of grabbing your initial list so in my case it was 300,000 int for example and just looping over that and calling this add function which will which will add the the new int to the channel the important part to uh, to remember with this worker queue pattern is that you need to start you need to start your worker before adding of course because otherwise uh you know you will not be able to add since the channel are blocking uh, until until someone is grabbing this uh this this item that you are trying to uh, to add to a channel so by by design channel are blocking when you add something to a channel, you need someone to uh, to take that out be before you can send something new, unless you have a buffered channel. But I did not wanted to do that. So pretty simple. Uh, let me recap quickly. So so we have our function that start our workers. We have a way to add new values in, into a channel, and we have a way to in a loop to just add all those those items. I ended up uh, using the the sync that wait group to wait for all of those to be completed. So each time I was uh, I was uh, you know 
after grabbing all my 300,000, I, I just added this number and every time a, an HTTP request was completed, I was, you know, I was tagging, uh, tagging uh, that, that one uh, with the, uh, the work, work group uh, done function. And, uh, and pretty much that, that was it. And at first, I, I was not I was not really knowing exactly how many workers I, w I was uh, need needing. And it's pretty hard at first when you are building concurrent application, you know, to understand, well, will it, you know, will it be, will it be that fast? I mean, it cannot, cannot really be. So I, I put an arbitrary number of 500 workers. And I, I took the, I, I took the web server down. I mean, <laughs> it was, it was not a good. Uh, um, yeah, it, it appears to be, uh, to be kind of crazy. How many? And it's not, it's not the first time I, I, I will say that. But you know, .NET is, is well, the old .NET, right? It's not, it's not .NET Core, but the old .NET was, was kind of not really scalable, and it was. Uh, it was kind of bare minimum what you what you what you were getting out of the of the you know the the core the core library if you will. So I dropped down to to one one hundred concurrent uh, worker and, and it, you know it took around uh, two hours forty five minutes or something to generate all of them. So yes, a pretty pretty nice solution you know go save my save you know it save it's it saved my day uh with this uh with the, this net problem that I was having and the simplicity of of the concurrency was was extremely appreciated so i was in charge of everything it took probably less i would i would say less than 4 hours to to write the entire thing test everything and uh and run that in production so yes i mean it was uh it was kind of epic all right that's it for this week i hope you liked uh, the episode and again if you uh, if you can share and talk about the podcast that would be extremely appreciated uh also if you want to check my book out i have a course named build SaaS app in go so it's at buildsassappandgo.com. All right, see you in two weeks. Bye.